yeah, we're recording now, so. Very cool. How are you doing? Good. So Amanda Page is on the show right now, and I guess we should probably start with, we had an inter-squad meet just uh, last night under the lights of the track, so how did that go for you? Yeah, that was, it went really well. Uh, I was kind of, I like surprised myself during it. I kind of like, I've never, we ran the mile, so I've never run the mile before in my entire life. So that, I went in with like really no ambitions or any goals. I was kind of just, let's go out and do it. And I really actually surprised myself in how well it went. So. Yeah. And then everybody did a four by eight as well. Um, So which team were you on for that? I was on, it was Josh Backer, Hannah Schof, uh, Jared Booz, and me. Okay. Uh, so you anchoring. so you had a flying uh, start, yeah, I guess, yeah. with, uh, with Backer going out in the, <laughs> uh, on the first leg. Yeah, he ran like a, like a 204 going out. Yeah, that's crazy. But we came in fourth overall, which was good, out of like the eight teams. So. Yeah, I actually just went back and was listening to some old shows that we did last year, and when we had Joe Tibbles on, he mentions talking about running in his high school days and recruiting a couple of people to Gordon, and he actually mentioned Packard in, in the insane. show last year. Like, I think he's a national 800 runner, so his PR is like a 156, and coach last night was like, I think he can go 154 today. Yeah. <laughs> Hannah was so scared of like getting the baton, <laughs> but it went really well overall, and we all really like kind of made our goals in that too. Yeah, well, I know our school record's 156 for uh, for the men's eight, so we'll see if he has a shot at that uh, this spring. I think he like, definitely yeah. will. <laughs> Keep our fingers crossed. Um, I'm thankful that we get to actually do some some sort of competition right now um, with agreed, agreed. everything that's going on. I'm like I'm such more of a fan of track than I am cross country in general. So having a lot of like these different track workouts, even though they're like a little bit longer than what I like normally run, is still like really fun to be able to like compete at all, really. Yeah. Well, Amanda, normally I just start out with uh, how you got to Gordon, and uh, anytime I have a teammate on, obviously we talk about what got you into running as well. Um, so I guess just kind of start from the beginning. Um, tell me about growing up in a uh, middle school and high school. I don't know when exactly you got started in athletics, but tell me about your journey uh, leading up to how you got here. Yeah, so I started running uh, in sixth grade. Uh, my best friend's mom in middle school was our coach. So like they were runners and I was like, huh, I'm going to run. Um, and it like wasn't like a serious thing. And my older sister had done cross country and she like wasn't good at it. <laughs> and I like had played basketball before when I was a kid. So and so we kind of just like transitioned into running because the the best thing I could do in basketball was run because I was just I was so fast. I would like hit the ball with my knees and have to like chase it down the court. And I was like, I was not a good runner. I, like in sixth grade, I was not a good runner. I was not fast. I was just, I was just a runner. It was for, it was really like a social thing I did for myself. And then that set of friends that I had, like her mom and my friend, she ended up going to a different school. And so her mom stopped coaching and then we didn't have a coach for like seventh and eighth grade. So I just, I stopped running. I didn't do any sports from seventh and eighth grade. And then I did cross country and track all through uh, 
high school because I essentially fell in love with it like that like sixth grade was like one of those like times where I was like oh like this is a sport that I can like actually like work on and pursue and because I had tried like other sports I had played like basketball and soccer and those were just like things I did in elementary school that just never took off but running was kind of like the thing that I knew even from like the get-go that I could probably get improvement in (laughs) so I did that and yeah and like from the beginning too I was I was never a cross-country runner like I just I did cross-country kind of just because of doing cross country like it was never like a there was never a rhyme or reason to me doing that season but I always knew that it got me or at least kept me like in shape for track and I always like I always loved doing track and my first like track season at in like in high school was winter and I just remember like going up to my coach and being like how do you hurdle <laughs> like like how, how do you do that and I like I just wanted to like be involved in everything and one of our other coaches like saw me doing push-ups like in the gym and he was like you're gonna be a pole vaulter and I was like okay uh so I just like I started just getting involved in like all these different events because I wanted to know how to do them so you were open to pretty much anything then. yeah so so that was like and I think that is kind of what led into my like being a multi uh athlete is because I just I just wanted to do everything and even my freshman and sophomore year in high school we did a heptathlon at like the very end of the season for both years and the way that like New Hampshire worked was any team from like any school from like all over the state could form their own teams of athletes for that and you could just like compete. It was like the last meet of the entire season and you could all just go to this one school for a few days and like compete in the heptathlon and it there's no like qualification for it. You just you just got to do it. And that was really, really fun and it allowed me to at least not only like extend my track season, but because we had to like train for like all those extra events at like the very end of the season. But it gave me like a lot of access into like seeing things that I liked to do which is really interesting and fun. Are there any meets you remember that stand out to you as really strong performances or anything? My so my senior year of track was like really weird where like I qualified for states in pole vault my very first meet and then I no hided the entire rest of the season. <laughs> Even at states, so like, and my coach hated himself at that state meet because he because I he said that I went in too low and if I had gone in at like a higher height I would have cleared it but because I was coming in so low I just kept knocking it down when I was like falling but that was it that was like the most standout kind of meet was that I had done so well the very first meet and I was so looking forward to like a really like kick butt season. And then every single meet after that was just a no height. And that was like the event that I primarily focused on, at least that season. I was also a 300 meter hurdler. Those were like my two like primary events. But 300 meter hurdles, I peaked in my junior year. And then senior year, I just never really focused on it. So it was a weird kind of like high school career where I really was not like, I really was not a good runner. Like my, I feel like I have improved so much since being at Gordon that I don't even compare to what I did in high school. Yeah, so that's a nice segue into uh, 
tell me how you got to Gordon and uh, any other schools you applied to. Yeah. If running played a role in in you coming here, tell me about that. Yeah, so I originally wanted to apply early decision to Wesleyan University in Connecticut, which is super funny because they're like the first people that we compete against now. Um, I was like dead set on just going there, applying early decision and just being done with that. And then I had a friend who brought me to Gordon because they were checking out Gordon and I, I didn't even know Gordon was a place. I wasn't looking for a Christian college. I, like all of like the traditional things that people look for, they're like, oh, we're gonna go to Gordon because it has all of this stuff. I like I didn't know it existed until my friend came and like showed it to me. And I like went on a tour with them. And I just I kind of like just fell in love with the campus itself. Like I felt so at home here. I felt really like at peace with like the environment and the community that. I ended up applying here and it was the only school I applied to because I got in so easily and so early. Like I found out in like October that I was accepted, that I didn't, and all of like my other applications would have been due in January, that I was like, I think I'm going to end up coming here anyway. I'm not going to do all this extra work to apply to all these other schools, even though I'm already accepted. Not even for Westland? Nope. Like I didn't even apply. And... I kind of just, like, I realized that everything that I wanted at Wesleyan I could get here, which was super nice. And I'm glad that I did that. Like, I had toured Wesleyan, too, and I just didn't have the same level of, like, community there, which is absolutely true. Like, they were a larger campus. Like, they're more of a, they're like a sub-Ivy. So they're kind of like an Ivy League feeder school. And Gordon just, like, it had, like, a really strong, strong STEM program, and it had like D3 athletics, which is what I was really looking for. And I loved that even during like the season when I was still in high school, I was getting like calls from coach. I was getting calls from athletes um, from here, like Hannah Somerville, who graduated a few years ago. She called me while she was on the treadmill, like doing a workout. And I was like, this is the most intense but dedicated phone call I've ever received in my life. (laughs) And it just made me want to like come and pursue it really um like even when I was worried about it like I I called coach or like emailed him and was like I'm worried like I don't think I'm gonna be able to do like sports in school and I like I don't know how I'm gonna like navigate this and all this stuff like I don't really know if I want to do cross country or if I just want to do track and he like had called me and he was like you'll be fine like just do cross country if it doesn't work out and we'll like take it as it is but I think you should really come do it and here I am (laughs) four years later (laughs) Yeah, so I want to get a senior on the show uh, first, um, or at least early in the semester. I know we've done a couple shows, but this is the first show I've done this year with a, a teammate. So you and I came in. I'm actually looking. We're in Coach's office right now. There's a there's a team picture from that year. And I remember, correct me if I'm wrong, but did you have some sort of heart issue the first yeah. Yeah. cross-country so season? That, my, yeah, so our yeah, first... Yeah, tell me about that. Our first cross-country season, I was diagnosed, well, I wasn't diagnosed because they couldn't actually diagnose me, but I was presumed to be diagnosed with SVT, which is supraventricular tachycardia, which was only exercise induced. So I kept getting these like weird, like super fast heart rates, like tachycardia, um, super randomly, like, like basically the electrical signals in one of like the nodes of my heart 
would just like misfire and it would it could happen like while we were doing drills or like when we were doing intervals is like what really bothered it was like speeding up and then like slowing down and like having that like rest period and then speeding up again uh like really messed with it i came in last our very first cross country meet because it like happened during the meet and i was like i don't know how to handle this and i feel like i'm dying uh, but i still finished so I, I give myself props to that. And whenever people say like, oh, what if I come in last? I can be like, I already came in last, so it's okay. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, because it happened at practice one day and I like told coach about it, I ended up getting sent to the trainers and they pulled me out of that whole season until I could get it like professionally looked at, which I had like my stress test at Mass General the weekend after or like the monday after our last meet which was conference that season so i like missed more than half of uh that years of that year across country but came to every practice and i think that is kind of what molded my like dedication to the team definitely came to every 6 a.m came to every afternoon practice and just really created like a lot of bonds and friendship with coach and all the people on the team that season so I, I never felt like I was off the team even though I wasn't running. So how have you been able to manage that um, in the years that followed? So I kind of just got used to it I guess like it I got to a point I think in my like health and training where it wasn't happening as frequently as it was so I think like my like cardiovascular system kind of just got stronger. Um, but I also like was able to work on it mentally in the fact that like when it did happen, I knew one that it wasn't gonna hurt me. Like it's not something that is like gonna kill you. Um, and something that I can work through if I'm like doing a workout or if I'm in a race, like don't stop. And that was like a big thing that like coach had to talk to me to like about too, is that like, if it did happen during a race, don't stop because then that's going to psych you out mentally, like slow down if you need to, like kind of hold back if you need to, but don't ever like stop, which is something that really helped me like improve in my races and like help me mentally through like workouts and challenges like that. I want to bring up uh, New England's a couple of years ago. Um, I was just going through the old uh, school records because Rachel, uh, one of our freshmen, just beat the 5K record at our inter-squad meet last night. And uh, remember, you were on that 4x8 team uh, that set the school record. Tell me about the experience of going to New England's and getting a chance to break that record. Yeah, that was super fun. So that New England's meet, I hoped to go to for the HEP. Um, I missed qualifying for the HEP by 25 points which would have been like a second off of any of my races or like an inch more of any of my throws. So that was like not a big defeat because I actually did so much better in that heptathlon because it was my first one I ever competed in like officially than I thought I was going to. But missing it by such a small margin was like, it kind of just like lit that like fire to want to get there more. And coach saw that and coach saw that like I was really motivated to like want to go to this meet and I ended up just getting like pushed out because I could have qualified like like provisionally um based on numbers but 
three other athletes ended up from like other schools ended up competing and like knocking me out of like contending. So he put me on the four by eight one because of my time. Like I, I had one, I had run one four by eight like my entire life. We're not four by eight, like just like 800 my entire life, <laughs> which was in that heptathlon. So the first 800 I ever ran was in my heptathlon. And my second one I ever ran in my whole life was at New England's. So, so that was just like, it was nerve wracking, uh, but it was also so fun. And I like, I like surprised myself in that too. Like I ran six seconds faster in that second 800 than I ran in my first. And we just had like, we had a really good squad because it was me, both Emma and Tamar Shearer and Kiana. And it was just, it was a, such a good group to run with that like to run that with and it was a really like rewarding experience to be able to go um like among anyone else so I, w I was really thankful for the opportunity and I really want to be back <laughs> and I really want that record to be broken by all of the really fast girls that are on our team now so on the note of uh going back and returning to competition how did you mentally handle last year when COVID hit and the season got shut down, everything got shut down. Were you able to keep training and continue uh, working towards this cross country season and the upcoming track season? Yeah, so I was partially devastated when we couldn't like come back to school. Um, Cause I was, I had that like fired me from like last year where I was like, I'm going to qualify for New England. That is like my only goal is I have to get to New England for the HEP. And before spring break, we, Tibbs and I, so jo Joseph Tibbles and I. Um, I think we, most people listening will know. I, I'm assuming. We, yeah. Um, <laughs> we were training with coach for 20 hours a week. Like, so that was basically like eight extra hours outside of regular practice time on specific event training with training with Ethan um, to do hurdle specific stuff. Um, so we were putting in so much work prior to like competition season that we really wanted to like see the gains of that. And I felt the strongest I have ever felt like fitness wise um, last spring. So I was like, I was so ready, like physically and mentally to qualify for New England's last season. And having that like stripped away, like was just, it was so sad, <laughs> but it also was like one of those things where it's like, okay, now I have all of this extra time that I actually have to like put in to be working towards this goal still. So I don't know if it was like a God's grace thing. Like I'm going to give you extra time to like achieve this goal or it was just really like a, a motivating kind of kind of deal. But I was able to like go home and for a while my, I don't remember if my gym was still open when I came home. I don't think it was. So I did a lot of like home, like strength workouts, like some HIIT workouts. Um, I started just, we kind of forgot entirely about track um, and started working towards cross country, which I was like, kind of on board with and kind of not on board with because I was like, I just spent all this time practicing for track that I don't even get to compete in. 
and now I have to like train for several more months more than I would have trained for cross country and like cross country was not my sport like track was my sport so it was kind of one of those like hits but I was like I'm just gonna use this time I'm gonna stay fit was like my kind of like whole goal of quarantine and over the summer it was just stay fit stay strong and that was kind of like my mantra of getting through all of that like really long training and especially when it's like by yourself it's like really hard to be motivated and keeping yourself like accountable to do that so it was nice to just like have that mindset so how have you felt uh this cross-country season um with not being able to run in any official meets but still being able to have somewhat of a season and get to train with the team um where do you feel like your fitness level is right now heading into uh what will be your final track season so i was actually talking to Abby Bear last night about this because I have like I had been feeling like I was so out of shape like I (laughs) wasn't like anywhere close to like the fitness that I was at in the spring um but that was like entirely untrue like that was literally just a mental state of mine because I have actually been competing just as well as I had been competing last cross-country season which was good for me like I last cross-country season I had dropped my times by three minutes compared to like my sophomore season so I'm still at that like same competitive level and I really like doing the inter-squad meets versus like actual cross-country meets kind of just because of the nature of cross-country like I I like the kind of toned down on the track meets versus like having to be in like a race with like 200 people but that's really just like my my preference (laughs) so not really a dig in cross country but yeah also over the um this kind of goes back to your last question but over quarantine we got our like pole vault pits and so i went up to help uh coach and tibbs kind of set them up when they got delivered and he let us vault for a little bit and I ended up breaking my rib <laughs> because I slipped on the track while it was like really wet. And I didn't know I broke it until like two weeks later when I was like, wow, my like ribs still really hurt. <laughs> then I like went to the chiropractor and they were like, yeah, you broke these. And I was like, cool. So that like took a little dip in my training and like I had to just be careful about doing certain things. So it was like, I have three broken ribs, like, okay. <laughs> Yeah, I, I hear <laughs> stories of like athletes all the time. Like they, like they'll get like chest pains or, or something, or like won't even be able to recall what happened. And then they go into the doctors a couple weeks later, and they tell them they have a broken rib or something. Or even years later, if they're looking at something completely different, and ask, "Hey, when did you break your ribs?" and they and they can't tell them because they have no idea. But yeah, it was like a super weird situation. I like I was going up for a vault, and the we had like emptied the boat for the first time so that it was all full of water and so like that just last portion of the track by the pits was like all wet and I was in my trainers because I didn't bring my spikes so I just like went up to jump and just like fell backwards and I thought I had just like pulled a muscle or like tweaked it like a little bit and then it just it hurt like so much like several weeks later and I was like that this is not a muscle thing (laughs) but so that was really interesting but it was also like I it didn't stop me from vaulting like after that whole after I fell I vaulted for another like 90 minutes so it was like it wasn't wasn't too bad so but it was it kind of just it's a funny story 
All right, well, uh, let's go ahead and transition to um, a little bit of academic stuff. Um, I know you're a chemistry major, and I remember a couple years ago with uh, the budget cuts, the science program was one of the more affected departments. Um, you were telling me last night, because I knew you were going to come on the show, are you one of only, what is it, three chemistry majors left? Yeah, there's only, only three seniors, um, and we were the last class that was able to like pursue this major so there's only three of us <laughs> so what does that look like because you know like I, I'm a com arts major and I'm in my senior seminar right now with 20 other com majors and those are just the seniors so <laughs> yeah what, is, what so, do your classes look like when that's the situation so what ended up happening was like our senior sem turned into a conglomeration of biology, biochemistry, and chemistry. Um, because we had a biochem major that was both in the department of chemistry and in the department of bio. And so when chemistry as a department got cut, all of the biochem chem majors got switched to biochem bio, which did like actually impact their academics because they both had different requirements based on what department you were in because that was kind of your like concentration to an extent. Um, I luckily got out of doing that whole like kind of transition because I, I came into Gordon as a biochem major because that's what they placed me as. But what I wanted was a chemistry major with a biochem concentration, not like the actual biochem major. So I had like fixed all of that with the registrar before the budget cuts came out which was so thankful because then I didn't get necessarily pushed requirement wise into all of like the biology courses. Um, so that was a really good thing for me at least. But what ended up happening was anyone else who had to fulfill like the chem requirements, we have to finish our classes at Salem State. So net, like I don't have um, a chem class right now, but next semester, my last chem class I need to graduate, I'll be taking at Salem State, which is like fine, but also like there there were once professors here who could teach me those classes, so that is kind of just a a fault of the situation. Yeah, is that online? I'm assuming because so yeah, so going the on right now. the lectures I have my two other. Um, peers in that major are in it's the uh, it's physical chemistry so there's like physical chemistry one and physical chemistry two um, and I only have to take one semester so I'm taking the second one and they're in physical chemistry one which is like an online lecture but an in-person lab and so that's going to be the same way next semester where they'll have like an online lecture and in-person labs but yeah. Yeah. Well, I just remember thinking when everything was getting shut down and getting moved to online, like, you know, I'm, I'm a comm arts major and an English minor. So those classes are, you know, we do a lot of stuff online anyway. Um, it wasn't too difficult to make that transition. But then I started thinking about you know, chemistry and physics and biology and majors where you have to be in the lab to be doing experiments. And it's like, you can't simulate that same experience online. So how did that, I don't know what classes you were taking specifically last semester, 
Um, but but how did that experience work for people like you and your major? Yeah, that it was like it worked out relatively well. Um, at least for me, I was in physics, so we had all of our physics labs online, which we basically just had to watch videos of our professors doing the lab and then like just take down our own data from the video and then like work out like all the other like lab components. So it was a lot more, it was unfortunately a lot more work on the professor's side to like give us access to be able to do that. But it was also kind of nice where you didn't have to get the whole lab done in like a three hour window. And you also didn't need the whole three hour window to do it. So like some labs took like maybe 90 minutes versus like other ones that maybe took like six hours. So you could like either make it really short or you could spread it all out. Uh, so that was like at least a convenient thing about it where like you didn't have a set time that you had to actually like do the lab, which for some labs is usually challenging. But then there's other classes like general chemistry where that was just like we had to do those labs um, like our TAs and professors had to kind of video those labs and put them out for the freshmen to take and that was or like to do and that was really I think a challenge for them especially because a lot of times freshmen have a hard time just being in lab in general like they have a hard time in person usually which is what I found like being a TA for them um, and so just doing that kind of experience online by yourself was probably a lot more challenging for that aspect. So why chemistry? What do you want to do with that? So, so those are two very different questions. I wanted chemistry <laughs> um, because I, well, I didn't know I wanted chemistry at first. I, in high school, I fell in love with chemistry like the first time I took it, uh, my sophomore year. And then I took AP Chem my junior year and absolutely hated it. Absolutely hated it. I did so poorly in AP Chemistry that I, I got the worst grade of my entire high school career in that class. And then I took AP Bio my senior year and got an A and I was like perfectly chill with that. And what I wanted to do was I wanted to go to med school. So like I wanted to come into Gordon as pre-med um, and I just didn't know if I wanted to do bio or chem as like my actual major. But I realized that like the best thing I loved about bio was biochem. <laughs> so I was like, I can't, I can't major in bio if the thing I like about bio is chemistry. So that's what led me to do chemistry. And I, I love being a chemistry major at Gordon and even with like everything that happened I made really really good connections we had such we had such a small major that everyone became friends that you always had people that supported you that you always had like one-on-one -on -one relationships with your professors um and there's like there's we only had three professors when I came in um which we since have lost but we like I knew them all and they knew me by name. So I just wish I had the opportunity to have grown with them more like over the past two years because we lost them my sophomore year. So I wish I could have like just been 
better, like, have, like, better professor-student relationships over the past, like, two years that we haven't had them, Um, which is, like, the one thing that I'm kind of upset about in terms of uh, the budget cuts and stuff. More precisely, because of the three (laughs) professors I had, I am currently applying to grad school, and I need three references. (laughs) And they have to be people that you've, like, worked with. And so... Out of like any of my professors, I only have one who I've like worked with closely. And that was kind of a challenging thing to be like, who else am I gonna ask to write me recommendations? So that was like the one thing that was kind of unfortunate about that situation, like in the long run. But on the grad school note, <laughs> I am looking to go into, so I'm applying to Boston University. Um, kind of at the same time that I'm applying to the NIH for, so for a post back. So I'm applying to Boston University for a PhD in biomedical sciences and kind of based on how that works out, uh, I'll see if I'm gonna end up doing like a post back at the NIH or if I will get into more of like a general like research technician job for the time being um, before I like end up reapplying. Yeah, well, that's great. I was just, just going to ask, where do you see yourself uh, in two to three years from now? But I guess I just got my answer. Um, <laughs> yeah, so hopefully in my PhD program, um, I'm looking to do biomedical sciences with kind of a, I don't know what my research focus wants. What, I don't know what that's going to look like yet, but I'm interested in doing like molecular nutrition Um, which has both like a nutrition and metabolism and like a genetics component to it. So I'm like interested to see like what that research looks like, Um, especially because it's something that I've never done before and I've never like kind of seen it. Uh, So it'll be interesting to see if I like it, first of all. Um, And second, if it is like a really fruitful career for me. What kind of entertainment do you like? This is a horrible question. I, I I know last night you said that you were maybe going to be the most boring person <laughs> that was going to come on my show, but there's got to be something that you enjoy, right? I Okay, I don't watch a lot of TV and movies, and when I do, people say I'm the worst person to watch those things with. Um, so I tend to watch them like by myself, and I if I like a series, then, then I like a series. So... I've watched all 16 seasons of Grey's Anatomy. I have watched all 12 seasons of Bones. Um, I've also read, I've started reading the books over quarantine that Bones was based off of, which are fabulous. I'm, I'm, I'm a big book, a big bookworm. I'm also an English minor. So that's my primary form of entertainment. It's your Instagram handle too, I know, right? it's also my Instagram handle. It's antisocial book lover. So if that denotes anything about me, then it's pretty accurate. Um, I really don't have a favorite movie. When people ask me what my favorite movie is, I really don't know. Like, if anything, I'll tell you it's Goodwill Hunting because that's just a great movie. But I don't know, like, I couldn't tell you if it's my favorite or not. I've I've seen every single Disney Pixar movie solely because my brother is obsessed with them. But yeah, like I I don't I don't 
entertain myself when I'm when I'm working all that much. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess you mentioned uh, you mentioned the Bones books. Um, but what what other kind of things do you like to read? So, I had this conversation kind of with Dr. Stutz the other day because I am in his Britlet survey class right now, and we are in like the Victorian era um, of British literature, and I decided that Victorian era is my favorite era to read books out of. Same with like late Romantic era, so like Frankenstein is wonderful, and I haven't read a lot from Victorian era yet, but like Tennyson is my favorite poet. I also love writing poetry. I'm in like Mark Stevick's poetry class right now. Oh, I love Stevick. I love Stevick. I only take classes with Stevick and Stutz. Yeah, Stutz is great too. But I, I'm in his, I took um, creative writing last semester and then I'm in his poetry class now. And I just, I realized in creative writing that I'm good at writing poetry. Like just, which is a very random thing to like just become a thing but I used to write it a lot when I was a kid then I just like stopped writing it and then I it just that just came back for now so I'm like I, it's like a weird I don't want to call it a talent but it's, it's something that I enjoy doing um what else do I like to read um I I read a lot I read like six books over quarantine which I thought was really good for me because I never read during the school year and they were just like all over the place in terms of like what they were because I read Eat, Pray, Love, which I stole from Coach Corinne and have not yet returned. Um, I read The Hobbit. I read two of the Bones books. I've read a memoir from this, from a geochemist uh, who basically talked about her life in like grad school and how being like what being a professor is like which was really interesting because it gave me that that perspective of post-grad life. I read part of What is the What which was a really interesting memoir that Mark Stevick told me about that was about this guy who lived in Sudan during like the Sudan wars and had to like escape and so it was like his life in Atlanta doing like flashbacks to telling his story about like escaping Sudan which was super interesting and I really want to finish it and yeah so that's like primarily what I read I, I listened to like a few audiobooks too but that is that was how I entertained myself over quarantine it was that finishing Grey's Anatomy <laughs> and running was the the three primary quarantine activities that's great all right well amanda thank you for coming on uh, i've been wanting to get you on the show for a little while now and uh yeah best of luck for uh this is the one thing i'm sad about about graduating early is not being able to get a final track season um but i know you're training hard and i i wish you all nothing but the best i'm really hoping that we can actually have uh, some real competition uh, in the coming months. So thanks again. Yeah, thank you.